midnight in the Brazilian rainforest and so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. A young woman runs down a path, snaking through dense trees, as sure-footed as if it were broad daylight. She's known the way to the shaman's hut since she was a little girl, but even if she didn't, she'd find the way tonight or die trying. A scarlet macaw squawks at her from a nearby tree. Winuma's head jerks toward the sound, but she doesn't slow down. Like all the tapirape, she is naked, her muscular body painted in a striking black and white pattern. Dark hair cascades to her waist, and her bangs cut high above her brows accentuate steely eyes. All at once, the wind whistles through the leaves, bringing a scent to her nostrils that pulls her up short. Jaguar. Wanuma smells death, her own death. She knows how the mighty cat kills, huge teeth biting through the skull into the brain. But her own danger doesn't concern her. Another's life is all she cares about. She looks around, eyes darting from side to side. Let me pass, please, Lord Jaguar, she prays. My son is sick. He needs the shaman or he'll die. Hello, and welcome back to the Anthro Girl podcast. In this episode, we visit a Tapirape Indian village in northern Brazil, circa 1932, before contact with Europeans and European Brazilians changed their traditional way of life. Then, the Tapirape lived in the tropical forest, growing maize and beans and foraging for wild foods. Every village had shamans, men with the skill to access the spirit world, where they can tap supernatural energies to help their people or to harm their enemies. When Wanuma's son falls desperately ill, she believes he's the victim of malevolent supernatural forces and only a shaman can save him. Every day, the Tapirapi shamans began their journey into the spirit world by smoking tobacco, though that is really an understatement. What they actually did was hyperventilate tobacco smoke with such intensity as induced first vomiting, then unconsciousness, and finally hallucinogenic dreams. These dreams are a bridge to the spirit world, where supernatural energies can be accessed. Shamans don't just heal the sick. They also fend off natural disasters, control the harvest and the hunt thwart or aid the designs of malicious spirits, and take on any other task that requires supernatural intervention. Shamanism is found throughout the world, but it is especially prevalent in the Western Hemisphere, from the Inuit of the Polar North to the Indians of Tierra del Fuego on the Southern Ocean. The indigenous people of the Americas have relied on shamans to navigate the space where the visible and invisible worlds meet. Let's resume with the story of Wanuma and the shaman. Now, from the shaman's point of view, as recorded in his diary. Day one. Wanuma's little boy is sick. He can't speak. His eyes are dull, and he clutches his belly, moaning in pain. I blew smoke over his body and massaged his belly, and then I found a little white dust on his skin, behind his ear. I asked Kamki what it might be, 
He was once the strongest shaman in the village, and he told me a ghost can put white powder on a person. Then I went to my hammock and smoked until my spirit left me and went to the village of the ghosts. The ghosts told me that they did not harm the baby. They said that maybe another shaman has thrown something into the boy's belly, maybe a fishbone or worms. Day 2 In the morning, Kamki and I went to Anuma's house to smoke and suck the poison from the little boy's belly. We smoked for so long that finally I threw up. I looked in the vomit to see if I had sucked out the fishbone or worms, but there was nothing. When Kamki threw up, he looked in his vomit. Nothing. No fishbone. No worms. Day 3 I went to see Wanuma's little boy again today. I blew more smoke over him, massaged his belly, and sucked for the poison, but it didn't help. Wanuma is scared. She asked me if Kamki can come again to look at her son. Everybody remembers when Kamki was the most powerful shaman in our village. But he is old now. Day 4 My wife said when she was working in the garden she heard some women say Wanuma's brother is angry his nephew is still sick. He said, maybe Kamki is not a good shaman. I told Kamki what the women were saying. He laughed and said, Wanuma's brother was young and stupid. Then Kamki went to Wanuma's house. There was another shaman there with Wanuma's brother. He told Kamki to leave, that he had a better shaman, a shaman with more power. Day 5 I saw Wanuma's brother at the men's lodge. He was happy and told me his nephew would soon be better. He said the new shaman saw spirits called Oreya shooting arrows at the village from the forest. One of those arrows passed through the roof of Wanuma's house. The new shaman found a red mark on the boy's belly. He smoked, then sucked on the red spot and vomited up a little sharp stone. Wanuma's brother said Kamki could not suck out the arrowhead because his power was old and weak. Day 6 Some people in the village are starting trouble. They say Wanuma's boy cannot get better because the Orea are fighting off the new shaman. They say another shaman controls the Orea and is evil-dreaming to keep the boy sick. Day 7 Today, I saw Wanuma's people taking a body to bury it. Her little boy died this morning. Then Wanuma's brother came to me. He was crying and slapping his head and couldn't speak at first. He wanted Kamki. He said now he understands why Kamki didn't heal his nephew. Kamki controlled the Orea. He wouldn't suck out the stones because he was the one sending the stones into his nephew. I told him Kamki was a strong shaman and never did evil dreaming. He spat on me and went to find Kamki. My wife says I have to hide. She said Wanuma's brother is crazy with anger and grief tearing up the village looking for Kamki. She was afraid he would say I helped Kamki kill his nephew. She gave me food and tobacco, and I went to the fishing camp. I hoped to find Kamki there, but he wasn't. I was worried, but it was too late to look for him. The night was too dark, and the forest is dangerous. Day 8. Kamki is dead. My wife came to the fishing camp early in the morning. She told me Wanuma's brother found him asleep. 
he punched Kamki, spilled him out of his hammock, and kicked him. Then Wanuma's brother fell down to the ground, crying and calling out his nephew's name. Kamki tried to crawl away, but Wanuma's brother saw him, and it filled him with more rage. He took Kamki's bow and shot two arrows into his back. He killed Kamki with his own bow and arrows. Day 9 I lived in the fishing camp for four days. Then my wife came and told me that Wanuma's brother is calm and it's safe to return. When I got back, I went to the men's lodge and for one instant, I thought I'd talk to Kamki. And then I remembered he was dead. It made me very sad. If you peruse the anthropological literature on shamanism, you'll soon come across words like hysteria, schizoid, psychopathology, tricks, sleight of hand, ventriloquism, and other means of saying that the shaman is not really having the experience he says he's having. That seems incontrovertibly correct. There's just no way we can believe that say the Tapirapi shaman's encounter with the Orea spirits was anything other than a drug-induced dream. But belief is a slippery subject. People don't tend to have experiences that they believe to be impossible. Rather, we experience only what we believe to be possible. In his wonderful book, Skepticism and Animal Faith, George Shantayana put it this way, The empiricist thinks he believes only what he sees, but he is much better at believing than at seeing. So when we go along on shamanistic night journeys, it might improve our vision to set aside for use in our own culture the notion that seeing is believing, and instead move forward with the understanding that believing is seeing. Thanks for listening. This podcast was created and produced by an actor, a PhD anthropology, and a screenwriter. Check the show notes for a bibliography on today's episode. If you have a moment to share a review or your thoughts about the show, we would be deeply grateful.